0: Hello everyone, uh welcome to the Man on Podcast. Um bit of a bit of a mess around tonight. Darren's not here to host, we've had right issues. Martin's on his uh on hotel wi-fi and I've got a new laptop. So between the two of us, we're uh, making hard work at this, but we're desperate to try and give you all a pod. So um here we are. Um try not to hold you up too long, mark in case the Wi-Fi drops out. Do you want to give us a
1: <laughs> to a, tour in a hotel or anything. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not do that. It's uh, nothing exciting at all, believe me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, the, but... the thoughts for this one is is, is a little bit different. Um, it, it sprung up because Thomas, as Thomas does, drops comments into our WhatsApp chat sometimes and starts some discussion. And he was debating whether to maybe wildcard um, this week. And I've seen a few other people since on Twitter talking about wildcarding. And, and it got... Not that I was ever contemplating wild card because my squad's not too bad, but it did will get me thinking what decisions did I make that I'm not now happy with at my in my last wild card I like took two three game weeks ago, and if I could sort of reset and go back to that week, what would I do differently? Not in terms of the points that I've lost, hence Luke Shaw, David de Gea, but maybe the setup of my squad. Because even after these two three weeks, there's still decisions I've made um, that I'm not happy with. For example, Ramsdale in goal. I don't think it was a bad choice. I don't think he's doing that badly, but now I can see that I probably shouldn't have done that. And there's a few other decisions like that now that I'm thinking, yeah, it's not it's not the worst choice, but I probably could have done better. And if I was going to wild card in this game week or next game week, with, with not so much looking at fixtures, but just in terms of the way your squad's laid out, um, what I would do differently based on that. And then included in that is some thoughts on the Man City defence, because obviously one of the big sort of issues we've all had is Cancelo. Um, so there's some discussion around some Man City defenders and then some discussion around Brighton as well, who seem to be hot topic of the week in attacking positions. There's four or five options for them, sort of 5.5 or less that um maybe on, on, the, on the radar now. And then there's a couple of questions at the end. No plans to talk about Sky or Gaffer. I think there is a Gaffer question for you, Martin. You can hopefully okay. swat it up on some stuff for the end. I think there's uh, some issues around fixtures but no point asking me <laughs> but um... okay, that's fine yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. We'll, we'll go on um, so yeah looking at this so I thought I'd start by looking at the best attacks and best defences so far um, and I had a look at all season data and then just the data for the three game weeks we've had since we've come back since the World Cup so looking at attacks first down the left on the screen at the moment. All season, Man City, five goals more than anyone else and the highest XG. Arsenal have got six more goals and the third-best team, second-best XG. Within reason, it's going to plan apart from maybe Tottenham in fifth. Um, they're not the fifth for goals scored, but they are the fifth for XG. But Man City ahead, then Arsenal, then Liverpool, Newcastle, Tottenham are the best five over the season. And then going on to the best attacks over... The game week since we've come back, Man City, Liverpool, and Arsenal all feature again. Um, Liverpool in second now from third overall. Um, so those that have had Salah and Nunes for all of this time and not got much off them can count themselves as well as quite unlucky. They should have scored the second most goals, um, is what's being suggested by expectations. Then Man United third. Is that purely because they've had the best fixtures or is there a change with them? Arsenal dropped to fourth for this current run, which is still fine. And then Fulham. I don't know what your thoughts are on that to start with Martin but it's not much change it's looking like a continuation really of what we've seen so far apart from apart from Man United really
1: yeah I think Man United were showing signs of improvement before the World Cup aren't they and they've just sort of cemented that really since we came back but yeah I agree it's not it doesn't seem like the break has massively you know affected anybody in a positive or a negative way really um I think I was I was one. I know we'll probably come on to defenses in a minute, but that was hoping that Liverpool might have sorted themselves out a bit defensively. But it doesn't really doesn't really look that much different, does it? But I suppose then again, sort of why would it? You know the problems that they had, they've still got really in terms of um, you know the midfield and you know not being able to press as aggressively as they were before. So yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's not it's not really that much different. I think apart from Man United, we can maybe trust start to trust a little bit more. Um, and Newcastle's defence, maybe we can start to trust a little bit more as well. Yeah, we'll get to that. So just, so just, yeah, just quickly then, I suppose. So Man City, Liverpool,
0: Arsenal, three better attacks overall, three of the best four since the restart, despite probably arguably not having the best fixtures. I'm not saying they've been dreadful, but like, you didn't look at their fixtures and instantly think, it's a great fixture run for these teams. And despite that, they're still... In Man City and Liverpool's case, they're expecting I'll oh, just still hire Man United who have had arguably a great fixture run. So It, it suggests to me that these three teams you, you can just trust for attack. Um, It doesn't really matter what the fixtures are. It doesn't really matter what everyone else's fixtures are. If another team's got three good fixtures, these three with average fixtures will still be better than them. So yeah. it, it leads me to think that the, the, the point of this was that I'm guilty, I'm sure you're guilty and plenty of others are, that if We'll pick a random team, Crystal Palace, Leicester, have a good fixture run. We, we, we seem to think to ourselves, right, we'll we best get a couple of attacking assets in from these teams. I know Madison's, a players like that would have been popular for a good fixture yeah. run. And in some cases, we might have even moved off a, a Saka or an Elmeron or someone like that to allow that to happen. This is suggesting that we shouldn't do that. Man United have proven that they can sort of break into the best three or four attacks with good fixtures. I would argue Leicester and Crystal Palace attacks aren't as reliable or as good as Man United. So Man United have just about snuck in with good attackers. So I'm questioning now whether, if we do get good fixture runs down the line for, we'll call them an average mid-table Premier League team, should we just be sticking to the best attacks and not sort of falling over ourselves, I guess is the phrase, to jump on all of these mid-table teams just because... Because
1: fixtures. Yes, it's a tricky one to balance, isn't it? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely one that's guilty of, uh, you know, just going for fixtures, fixtures, fixtures. But I think it's all right to have a spot in your team to do that. But I think you've just touched on it there. Like, if I, I, I mean, I don't have Saka. But if I had Saka, for example, in my team now would I be moving into to zaha because zaha has got a double game week um probably not because i know Saka's going to be reliable beyond this double and that's maybe not the best use of a transfer um so i think it's just having a ba- bit of balance i mean i you know i like i like to have a forward spot in my team that i target fixtures for um and you know some some years that works out well for me and other years i have a year like this year where every time i change my forward they get injured but um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think as I say, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head a bit. Like it's, we're not saying um, you know don't have a spot in your team where you're going to attack fixtures, but is it sensible to move out like an elite player for a player with better fixtures? Maybe not.
0: No, and this is so we we'll move on to defense, and then this will all sort of come together into something. So overall, defenses so far in terms of expected goals conceded. Man City top again, Arsenal second again, Newcastle into third with a comfortable gap to be fair then to Man United fourth overall and Tottenham fifth overall. So Tottenham fifth overall, best attack and best defence, which came as quite a surprise to me to be honest, I didn't expect that, but they're there. And then for the three game weeks since the return, obviously Man United and Newcastle haven't had a goal in yet, but Man City again, still the best defence, United second, but that we touched on just now, they're fourth overall and they've had good fixtures Newcastle, third overall since the restart, which is really good. mind, I just played away to Arsenal in their three games as well. So I think, as you, you mentioned it earlier, that I think we can start to rely on double Newcastle. I, for example, had Pope and Trippier up until the World Cup. Ditch Pope, because I didn't think they'd keep that many clean sheets now. Um, and there's a, an argument now whether he's still the best goalkeeper, especially if you were one of those that got him for five million um, back in the early game weeks. So they're still third overall. Fulham in fourth, which is quite a surprise, but arguably they've had better fixtures. Leno's made a ton of saves. And then Arsenal in fifth. So the same three or four teams are in there featuring again. Um, And I suppose it's a a lot less of a surprise in a defensive sense that that, that those teams are doing well. And it it got me to the point where it, it seems inexcusable now. We've not got nine players for Man City, Arsenal and Newcastle. Their overall three of the best four attacks, overall the best three defences and current form three of the best five defences. We should have nine players from these three teams because in both ends of the pitch, they're really good. Um, and I tried down the right, you can just about make out to... If you were to make an optimum squad now, I'm not saying like a dead-end team um, or a, a team that you wouldn't make really any transfers for, for. But I tried to get to the point with what my ideal squad would now look like if I had... Obviously, the 15 players to make, looking at this data and how we should be setting our squads up or how it, the data suggests would be an advisable way to set our squads up. It's affordable because Man City defence are all quite cheap if you don't have Cancelo, because Arsenal attackers are all quite cheap, apart from Saka, who's not overly expensive either, but there is the lot. Um, it feels like you can get to a team now that, stats-wise, at least, of teams, covers all of the boxes you still have quite a deep squad and you can just cover off the best teams and not really have to worry about messing around with these these average teams not if you've got anything quick to add on sort of defenses or that sort of setup site and you take
1: them just make make it out down the right of the screen there yeah um mm-hmm. yes yeah, it's, it's kind of uh well and good and sounds um sounds sensible but then <laughs> then but then you but then you throw in things like double game weeks and it all becomes a bit muddier right um so you know like to arsenal attack um it's like so people might say well yeah okay but man united have got two double game weeks coming up maybe um and so how how do you balance that i suppose is the question isn't it but, but this lineup here's got
0: one flexible defensive spot and three flexible attacking spots so just for those on audio danny ward i think not data related, just because he's cheap and starts every game, is the optimum backup goalkeeper. I don't think many people would argue with having him as the perma second keeper. I've suggested two Newcastle defence. Their defence is doing better than their attack. And now we get into a point where we're not quite sure what their best attack is. I think the defender, the back four or five, if you include Pope in it, does seem pretty safe now. So I think two defenders seems optimum based on the data. Two Man City defenders, I think is great, but there's obviously issues. We'll get onto that in a minute around who you play from them. You have an Arsenal defender with them and there's one other spot. It could be a Man United defender. That could be, you could use this one as the fixture spot. If you got, use it just to get any defender in from a doubling team or something. But it could be, you know, if you had Luke Shaw in that spot up until now, or Dallow well, or dallow has been injured, but Luke Shaw would be good. You could use it as Wainu bueno if you want more money to facilitate other things. Um, but you, you can have four or um, well five, actually, five defenders from the best three in the league. There's obviously a goalkeeper to include in that as well. So do you put Kepper as your other and then pick five defenders from Man City, Newcastle and Arsenal? Or do you put Nick Pope in goal as an example and then use the random last defender spot for, for the other? And then attack, we've got, I'd say, two Arsenal because they're so cheap. There's still that one Man City spot, but that's going to be Haaland, so that's non-negotiable, I guess. I've put one Liverpool attack. I think there's an argument you could have two based on how good their attacking numbers are overall and lately. But I think if you're going to have two, it's probably Salah and Darwin. That's a lot of money, and if you want Harry Kane, that might not be possible. So I think, but I think one is necessary. Then Rashford, I've put in as an as a compulsory almost because he's doing so well. He's playing out of position and he's in one of the best attacks. I think he's just become a perma-hold now. Him, Harland, and Ward look the three perma-holds, and then there's three attacking spots then to, to jump around. So you got the, you say you want some flexibility. There's four spots here that are basically rotatable, and the rest of your squad is basically locked. Now, I don't know if that's a good plan or not, really. Do you just use three or four spots to move players around and leave everything else settled? I don't hate the idea of it, to be fair, and maybe that is the way to play the game.
1: I think so. I think that's what I always try and do. Like I say, I always try and have a forward spot that I'm happy to rotate, um, at least, and then and then maybe one midfielder, one defender, but it's just when you get other fires and you get carried away with things, don't you? Maybe it's a lesson in patience, because we've probably all had a mixture of all these things at some point, right? But maybe never brought it maybe never not quite brought it all together. Um so, so maybe, may, yeah. May, so maybe these charts are a lesson in patience. Um, and the trouble is, we, w- we want the game to be fun as well, right? So, so, I think sometimes we try and force things when numbers like you're presenting here tell you <laughs> that you don't that you don't need to. Um, yeah, especially. I as, uh,
0: suppose as as you, you don't want that safety if your captain in Holland every week, like the majority are, and then you happen to own. Six of the same players most everyone else has got as well. You don't feel like it's always nice to see green arrows, but when you're only moving up like a little bit each week because you're relying on one sort of differential, getting two points more than someone else's differential, that's not going to be a big green arrow, is it? It's going to be slow and steady. Um, and a lot of us, I think, feel like not we really want a game game week rank of one, because I think we know that's not viable, but I think we're all looking for that. 50k or mm. something game week rank, which I think my best yeah. game week rank of this season is probably about 300k or something, which is amazing. Mm. But even even 1 million every week would probably win you the overall game, if you could guarantee that, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose the other thing that this doesn't really factor in is like, uh, you know, uh, talisman. So so Spurs are, uh, what's it, fifth for the best attacks all season. But yet Kane is... Second behind Haaland for points, right? I think as a forward, yeah. so so how do you balance that as well? So, although Spurs aren't the best attack, that doesn't mean that Kane isn't the second best striker because he is. But I think you could with
0: these other moves, I think it's possible you can afford Salah as your Liverpool attacker, Kane mm-hmm. and Haaland. Um, and say they may take them to, because the Man City defenders are cheap, because the Newcastle defenders are cheap, and the Arsenal mids are cheap. I think there's enough they're not even secret gems anymore it's just the best team there's too many cheap players from the best teams Mm. Um, that I think you can get the Kane and say whether you want to or not I've got my issues with him but I can see why people are doing it and obviously he's popular this week because of the double Um, but we'll we'll, we'll move on so I, I had a the, the next slide, I think, is looking at bonus points. So I saw a tweet from FPL, Big John Fury. Um, Obviously, I don't want to fall out with him because he was
1: set <laughs> Big John Fury. <laughs> okay.
0: But he put a little um, chart together of a 5-2-3 formation based on bonus points so far and who's the best. And I think when we just talked about what the optimum team would be, um, there's a couple of standouts. Kieran Trippi has got... Almost 200 bonus points more than anyone. Uh, I don't know what that is, this 5 two, 8, but he's 200 ahead of the next best on the list, which is Saliba. Not really a uh, rocket science choice that he's going to be one of your Newcastle two defenders, I don't think, in, in this setup. And there's not much between Saliba, Gabriel, and White either. And I th- say so this is where I went wrong now because I've put Ramsdale in goal. And I think my reasoning was sound in the sense that I didn't want my Arsenal defender being caught up in a rotation, which was possible with Ben White because Arsenal's mm-hmm. defence is too good to bench them. So my solution to that was to put Ramsdale in goal and knowing i play him every week. But yeah. Ramsdale basically doesn't ever get any save points, doesn't really ever get any bonus points either. So he's a bit of a cheaper Edison in a, in a roundabout way. And I think most people agree that Edison's not a good owner. So I kind of regret getting Ramsdale. I, I wasn't aware of these three Arsenal defenders all being so good at getting bonus and Odegaard did uh, on this chart as well so bonus points at Arsenal are really hard to come by because the defenders are so good Odegaard so good I suppose Saka and Martinelli if they have one of their better games can be in it as well Ramsdale feels like a bit of a pointless zone to me now so yeah, I think one of those defenders are good and because White's half a million cheaper than the other two I think he looks like a the best option into that so that ticks off your Arsenal defender and your, your Newcastle defender I don't know what you feel about Odegaard because I'd say so I've got Saka and Martin Elliott I mean I've had both since the return I've not owned Odegaard all season
1: yeah I, I had it he was in my team before the World Cup and uh yeah obviously wishing that I left him there <laughs> um so yeah because I, I really like him I think he's fantastic value I think uh, I think Zaka is as well. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying they're going to score the same amount of points, but um, in terms of what you get for your money, I think Odegaard's a, a great option. Um, but again, he's one of those that you probably need to be patient with. Um, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna triple you points every week, probably. But um, you know, over 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 a period of time, he will he will outscore his price. It's fairly likely. So again, I mean, I mentioned before, you know, those tables you showed probably my takeaway from that is that patience is probably key um, and and don't try and force things too much. And he's probably a good example of that, where if you bring him in, he doesn't score for a couple of weeks and then you move him on, he's probably going to, you know, what will happen, he'll just score after you've moved him. So you sort of chase your tail a little bit, but he's definitely good value. If I didn't own
0: Odegaard or Martinelli right now, and I had to buy either in at their current prices, I think this suggests to me I should get Odegaard because mm. I, don't, I haven't got the full breakdown, but I'm, I'm assuming that one attacking return from him, which is a bit like what De Bruyne can be like, can lead to bonus points. hmm um, and that feels a lot more reliable than like, Martinelli's scoring. Martinelli does get a lot of two points or three points if they happen to keep a clean sheet, obviously, because they're midfielder. Um, where Odegaard, I think, obviously, doing less almost gets him more points. So Martinelli's going to need to score to... Well, it's almost, I don't know if this is quite true, but it feels like Martinelli's goal is worth the same as an Odegaard assist, almost. If The, the, the Odegaard assist sort of guarantees him some bonus points. Yeah, he almost needs to score to match him and obviously an Odegaard assist seems far more likely than a Martinelli goal so I'm kind of a bit tired to Martinelli because I paid 6 million for him and I think a lot of managers are in the same boat with that but if we sold him now I think we'd get what 6.4 is Odegaard worth a little bit more I guess it comes down to team value and it's a bit luxury but I think it probably is now if I'm being honest maybe I should have got Odegaard in at the World Cup and sold Martinelli for him I think he'd be the one I'd want now as the best of the three, I think. And he's the one I don't have. Um, Yeah. And then Haaland's clear up front. Harry Kane's very clear in second. A big gap to have and Tony, third striker. So this stands by your thought that Kane, we didn't quite outright say you had to have Kane, but I think he was leaning towards that from the last slide that he was worth probably having in an ideal world. Um, And bonus points wise is he's He's bang there as well. So we've got to this point. So at the moment, for those that are on audio, um, we've got a, a squad starting to form. I, I've taken the liberty of filling off the boxes in without anyone else's input. So this is what I think is where we are. So Warding goal, Trippier and White are two defenders, Rashford and Odegaard are two midfielders, and Haaland's up front. Um, and that's based on th- some data and the bonus points there from FPL Big John Fury. Then on to the goalkeepers. So, again, I said there was one, based on how the squad should look, there was one spot for another, or there's a spot here for a Newcastle or a Man City goalkeeper, really. So, on the screen is the top 10 goalkeepers so far for points per start over the whole season. Um, and Nick Pope is ahead. Um, he's averaging 5.1 points per start to Kepa. At 4.8, but Kepa is 0.8 million cheaper. And then down to Henderson, Raya, De Gea, Allison, Leno, in Ramsdale, Edison, Saar make up the top 10, the top nine of those, all averaging over four points. Pope the only one averaging over five. Um I think in, again in an ideal world here, I think I'd I'd have Pope in goal because if I go for the other as the goalkeeper, in this case Kepa my back five are going to be two Newcastle, two Man City and two Arsenal. And again, it's not likely I'm going to be able to play all five of those. And as the best three defences, it feels like they're the five I should be wanting to play. Mm-hmm. Um, if So if you put the other as one of the defenders, you can put your hoping goal as an example here and then still get four defenders out from the best teams, which is plausible. You could do that and play all of those and just have the other defender as your third, third bench or something. But I completely understand... Those that went Kepper and those that will still continue to say now that Kepper's the best goalkeeper to own, I am not sure. I don't know what you think about this. Have you got Kepper now?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, but I'm also struggling to spend my budget at the moment, so I'm kind of thinking I don't really need him. Um, I perhaps could go to Pope because Chelsea don't, you know, don't don't seem you know quite at it at the moment, do they? And the thing is as well, because everybody's got Trippier, if Trippier keeps a clean sheet, it's a bit like, so what? Like you don't really gain anything from it, do you? Um, Whereas if you've got Pope as well, and you know a lot of people have got Shah as well. I I don't know what you think about, like, because in in Sky it's killing me, only having one Newcastle defender. I haven't got any of them. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) And I don't know if it's the same for FPL. It's like you kind of either need to have none or two. Otherwise it's like just not, What's the point? Um, I, I don't know if it translates the same way quite. But uh... I think it's worse in
0: FPL because Sky, the reason I didn't get any in was because I didn't fancy them to really ever get tears. Trippy will get your assist and your tackling bonus or something, but I was mm. looking through the data and very very often they was like the passes were like high 40s. I didn't ask maybe one in 10, someone might get a passing tear or something, but they're not that team, are they, that knocks the ball around the back and gets to 70 passes every game so it felt like the Newcastle defence were clean sheets or two points because not yeah. that many tiers around and not many um you know, other routes to points for most of them and so just unfortunate they kept three straight clean sheets and Trippi has got an assist and maybe a tackling tier or something so far so he's but he, I, I knew that, that was the risk I was taking but and Shah, especially in Sky, is like seven million, right? Which is mm. super big for a defender of in the team like this. But yeah, I think FPL wise, it's a bit different because obviously the points are, are worked out differently. I don't, I don't quite know how reliable for, for bonus points the other defenders or Pope are. But you, you can see on the right of the chart there, Pope's got nine bonus points so far, which I think is third for goalkeepers. Dean Henderson's top and Burnt Leno's second. Yeah. So he is. He's got four more bonus points than Kepa, but he's played twice the game. So they're pretty similar, aren't they, for save points and bonus points, which does suggest to me that Kepa probably is worth the saving, especially if you're looking to get Kane up front with with Haaland. But so I'm, personally, I'm not a big fan of then um, not having five defenders from these three teams and then having more as, as actual defenders. I think I'd like one as the keeper. So I kind of regret selling Pope now at, at overhaul or whatever you want to call it at the, at the World Cup. Maybe I had him at five million. I probably should have kept him. I think. Um but say so people may disagree on this. But I know Kepp is very popular, and lots of people think he's great value, and he is. He is probably the the better of the below five million keepers.
1: We weren't. We weren't to foresee, you know, the the injury problems that Chelsea would have. Though, were we? You know, we we were coming back thinking that James was bit again um and you know it would so what he, he's so important to them isn't he and that, and they've got all these injuries in midfield now as well which obviously doesn't help them and so yeah and they're a mess aren't they as, as Piloqueta has exactly, gone off it yeah exactly they're, they're they're a mess and we didn't really expect them to be a mess so I think it's fine to sort of change your view on it um if, that, if that's the way you want to go but
0: But yeah, there's the data on the screen. So I don't don't know. For purposes, I've put Kepper at the side because he's cheap and I actually thought you'd say he was the best keeper. But I think if in an ideal world now, I would put Pope in goal for the duration of the season, even if he is the same price as Edison, which does seem a bit weird to think that Pope can match Edison for the same price. But I suppose save points are bonus points. To go with Newcastle not being a lot worse than City for... Well, actually ahead of them for clean sheets at the moment. suggests it probably is still the... Is the best option because Edison and Ramsdale just don't save anything because the way the team set ups means they don't really face any shots. So, yeah, I'd say I'd like put Pope in goal. And then, because, um, yeah, if you put Kepper in goal, i just put a little bit over on the side. That's I just stuck Botman in the team if he was going to go with the Kepper route because you need that second Newcastle and he's the cheapest. Um, so, I think that's fair enough. But I think in an ideal one, I'd probably go Pope and then maybe Bueno in the other spot just because he's 3.9 but onto that so the next the next one is what you do with Man City now so you with me Martin Cancelo pissing you off
1: he is um I'm not gonna do what I think you did and just sell him for a different Man City player this week um I think yeah I think that's bold um just to sideways to another Man City, um, I can probably find other things that I want to do this week with a double game week. Um, but yeah, I think after the double, he will he will be on the chopping block definitely. Um, I just personally can't bring myself to sell him because even if he any, even if he any starts one of these two games, you know, he's the kind of player where that might be enough that it wasn't worth selling him. Um, but yeah, after the double, he's definitely on the chopping block now, I think. I think the hard part with him is the reason I
0: did it wasn't so much because of the lack of points and the lack of starts. I was just looking at what Man City were likely to do mm. in forthcoming games and how Pep tends to play players continuously that are doing well at that time. There's been random times in the past where two centre-backs, for example, are doing really well together. Um, and they just carry on playing, even if you wouldn't on paper instinctively think that the, the first choice pair players just tend to stay in the team when they're performing well at that for that chunk of time. And Ake at the moment just feels like that guy that is not undroppable, but mm-hmm. Ake and Stones to me feel like the two in favour Men City defenders that are least likely to get dropped at the minute. He, he clearly trusts them in their current the way they currently play in the form they're currently in. And maybe there's slight little tweaks to the system or something. And those two best fit what Man City are currently trying to do in terms of whole possession, whole territory and control games. So if Ake is going to play left back, I suppose there is a chance Cancelo plays right back. But it does feel like Ake and Rico Lewis are the chosen pair because of... The, the, the way they set up is, is is very much like when one defender does one thing the, the other fullback can't do the same thing so he won't play Ake and Walker together because they both want to stay in the defensive line and one one defender can't do that yeah. um, so he won't play Lewis and Cancelo together I don't think because neither of those two stay in the defensive line they're, they're the two that do something different Rico Lewis goes into the inverted role into midfield and Cancelo pushes high and wide in the attacking sense and that the knock-on is one of the midfielders comes back into the midfield defensive line. So this next run, I think, really hinges on what you think happens with Carl Walker. If you think he's going to play against Man United to help nullify Rashford, and if you think he's going to play against Tottenham to help nullify Sun, then yeah. I think there's a good chance Cancelo plays with Walker on the opposite side.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say next, and that's another reason that I've kept him... Um, because, like you say, with the with the different pairings and players that will or probably will or probably won't play together, I do think that, Wa- that Walker will play against Son and Rashford. So, um, but then after that, I think um, I think Cancelo can go, um, yep. and I think if if you if you've got Walker, then you keep him for this double. But then again, just because he plays Man United and Spurs, don't then assume he's just he's then in the team because. Like you just said, it probably you know it could just be that Pep wants his pace um, against Son and Rashford. So
0: that that's the only attribute I think he's got now, Walker, that is better than the other options for that want to play in his position. So it, not the only reason he plays, but that's the, the games where teams have a fast left sided player. I think are the only games he's really in consideration to start now. Um. And which makes me think that the first-choice fullback pairing right now is Ake and Lewis. Even though Lewis is 18, the fact he does invert into midfield is a useful attribute. And I don't think Pep thinks any of the other Man City defenders can do it. So there's obviously all sorts of reasons why a player suited to doing that. They've obviously got to be good technically and they've got to be press-resistant and things like that. So I don't think he'll put Ake, Stones or anyone like that into that role, or Walker. So I think it will be Ake and Lewis and then Stones plus one other at centre-back is what I would consider first choice for now. It did look like Akanji was first choice in the run-up to the World Cup as the data on the screen currently shows. Between game weeks 13 and 19, he started the most games of all Man City defenders in the league, six of them. But Laporte obviously came back and played the Chelsea Cup game yesterday. And Pep does normally like it. I think he's a better passer and stuff than Akanji. So I wouldn't be surprised if Laporte plays slightly more than Akanji. But I think it, it could be Ake, Lewis, Akanji and Stones as the more regular four now. And Akanji will play games and Walker will play games and Cancelo will play games. But that's only totally why I, did. I think Stel- Stones is probably the most nailed for now. And just the fact they've got a couple of doubles coming up. The fact that a lot of people only have Cancelo as their Man City defender and will have other fires to put out and will probably hold him. I kind of felt like the best defence in the league, there's quite a lot of managers. They're getting no reward for their clean sheets now. If I can just get stones, even if they keep two clean sheets in the next three, I could be like 10, 15 points up on those that have persevered with Cancelo so and it seems to be money for the future if I do want to get Harry Kane in for Darwin not this week but another week yeah so it did make sense and I? I had two free transfers so I guess that gave me a little bit more freedom and luxury to to make that move this week but I think if I was going to get two now I'd get Stones and Ake what, what do you think about Rico Lewis for 3.9 do you think he's a viable use of a Man City spot here?
1: No, I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of it yet. To be honest, I'd want to see him start in games more, because um, the Man City spot is just too valuable. And if it and if it doesn't work out, where where he's three point nine, where are you going to go? Um, you know, if you if if you bring him in at three point nine and then structure the rest of your team accordingly, you know, you're potentially giving yourself a headache there, aren't you? Yeah, I so suppose you could just drop him as a permanent third sub
0: and then I suppose you're not using a the Man City spot. So it's lots it, of Yeah,
1: exactly. Then, then you know, using a Man City spot for a dead third sub <laughs> it doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> um, I've put him in the chart to the right. I
0: said the, 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 the plan for this was to have two Man City defenders. I, I think if I could choose two now, I'd go Stones and Ake. I think they're the two most nailed. Yeah. But Lewis does save you 1.1 on Ake. And I still think we'll play at least half the games. So maybe that's enough for 3.9, and maybe it's as much as Cancelo is going to get, and people are paying £7 million to for, for that privilege. So I know Cancelo might get more attacking returns when Lewis probably won't get anything. I don't think his role really does include venturing forward. So I don't know. I think if you went with with Pope in goal with Ward, if you had Trippy or White... Um, Stones, Lewis, and Bueno—would well, you know, that be enough? You got two three-point-nine defenders, and I get your point. If something happens, you you have to find money to upgrade one of those two. But is that the worst yeah. use, worst use of money? Maybe more than happy to play Trippier and Stones and
1: White every week. I think. Yeah, potentially. I I just I just want to see it a little bit longer personally, um, but I think it's it's obviously one to to keep an eye on, but. I just think it's a little bit too soon to dive in, just yet.
0: I think if he got to wild card, I don't know what week we're planning on using our final wild card. But if even if he was four point one by that point, I don't think it would be that much. You wouldn't be that annoyed, would you, if you had to pay four point one for him? No. So yeah, that was a a little look at to Man City. I say just to run through what's on the screen because I didn't really talk through that Um, from game weeks thirteen to nineteen. Akanji's played the most minutes from six starts, followed by Stones, he's also had six starts, Cancelo on five, Ake on four, Laporte three, Lewis two, Diaz one and Walker one. Obviously, since the World Cup, the three games, that those numbers are a bit different. Lewis is playing more, for example, Cancelo and Akanji not so much. Stones ahead for FPL points in this run and ahead for bonus points in this run, ahead for points per starts in this run. And I say at the moment, I personally think he's the most nailed if that's such a thing in a Man City defence. So, yeah, my like combination of reasons for getting him. But, I get I your point Mike, it's a bit, a bit of a weird transfer going into a double, taking attacking Man City asset out for maybe a slightly more now defensive one. But, we'll come back next week and you, we can find out if I regret yeah. <laughs> it. Okay. So, and I got, that was my other move was to get Botman as well. I got, I had Patterson in my team who was injured from Everton and That would have left me him injured and Greenwood from Leeds not playing. I didn't feel like one sub was enough for this block of games. So he had to go and I was aware of Newcastle's numbers. So I got Botman. A couple of thoughts on Brighton next for attacking options. So there's a a tweet here from Andy Naylor talking about Brighton's goals in the last nine games. I think it's five in one of these. They won five one against Borough, didn't they, in the cup?
1: Um. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was a hefty, hefty win. Yeah. So the last nine games is a
0: five in there, two fours, three threes, um, a two or one and a blank. Strangely, the blank was against Chelten in the cup as well. Um, but that's obviously a lot of goals being scored, and then their assets are actually looking really good. So Pascal Gross five point six, Alexis McAllister came back for the FA Cup and scored five point four. Solly March. Um, seems to play a lot more attacking under the Zerbi and maybe what he did under Potter he's 5 million Matoma now getting a run in the team at 4.9 and then Ferguson up front who's now started two in a row at 4.5 looks like an ideal candidate to be third striker in our squads um, who are you thinking any of those five um, or Trossard I guess if you think he's going to get back into the team after I think he had a little mini fallout with deservee I'm not sure how that's
1: going to conclude but he's yeah. a, and a half more than most of these anyway yeah um I wanted to start with Matoma um after the World Cup and I only didn't because Pereira had a double game week really um and it was always in my mind that after the double game week that Pereira w- would become Matoma um so that's still in my thoughts see with these double game weeks like you know if if Leeds get a double game week then that might delay it a bit more if if I decide you know I want uh I want, you know, maybe Rodrigo in there or something for Leeds' his double or something like that. But Matoma's definitely the one where I think um, you know, he's a viable alternative to Pereira. And I'd probably be more excited about starting him than I would be Pereira when they've got, you know, a good home game or something, or or a good away game, to be fair. Um, I think he's potentially just a bit more explosive, isn't he? And he's not really much more money. My
0: issue with this spot is that this is naturally going to be your fifth mid, or in Ferguson's case, your third striker, and I think that puts him mm-hmm. as the first sub. In your case, I'm guessing Andreas is pretty much your first sub most weeks, and if you replace him with Matoma, yeah, it's probably going to fill that spot in your squad again. And I think that Bright are scoring too many goals to have that player in your bench, but yeah, I could do it from from um, Almeron. I that I am starting to gradually free up money to. And I'd like to do Darwin to Kane probably. I don't. I don't. It's not interesting to me this week, but in a couple of weeks it might be. So I do need a, a decent chunk of money in my bank to be able to do it. So yeah, Elmer on to Matoma is a consideration for me. Um, as is McAllister, who there was some quote from the Zerbi that was saying that they used him more in a deeper role previously. I think they had him next to Kaiseido in, in build-up, and that was his role to help the build-up and progression of the ball forwards. But I think he was quite keen now uh, to play him as more of a playmaker. And I put the formation up on the screen. So last week we talked about Man City and Arsenal playing 3-2-5 when uh, in sort of attacking phases of play. And that I think is considered to be one of the better formations, three, two, five, for covering bases and having enough players in attacking positions to threaten the opposition, also enough players back to, to keep it quite tight if, if you do lose the ball. is taking it one step forward and he seems to be playing like 3-1-6, so he's pushed another one of the midfielders up into attack. Mm-hmm. So it's probably the reason why they're scoring so many goals, and equally I think they've conceded the second most shots since the World Cup. I'm not good for me with Lewis Duncan, my team, I need to get him out because I don't see the clean sheets coming for, for Brighton. But this is the reason. They've, they've basically got six attackers they're pushing and right up the left. He's not really playing as a left-back. Veltman's inverting into the centre-backs the same way Ben White does and we're sort of Ake. But they're not putting the other midfielder um, in with Kai Sado. So he's basically being a Rodri by himself but with, with less help. Where Rodri gets the help from Rico Lewis inverting from fullback or from Bernardo playing a bit deeper. Um, Brighton are pushing the boundaries and leaving six up. So if Trossard continues to fall out with the Zerbi this is what I think will be their first choice now. Colwell mm-hmm. I think will keep his place over Webster because I think that left footed element is quite important. Mm-hmm. Then Veltman I say inverts well and dunk. Caicedo is, is the old patroller in front of them and then you've got a six with Stupendant pushing up on the left Solly March holding the width off the right and then Matoma is sort of in the half space now because he comes in to allow a to overlap. Mechanist- yep. Chief playmaker is the number 10, if you want to call it that. And then Gross doing the opposite of Matoma on the right. He's a very flexible player, Gross, in terms of positions. He can operate in numerous roles. He could drop back in with Caicedo or McAllister. And then, for now, it looks like Ferguson's up front. That could be Trussard if he gets back in the good books. But this is why Brighton are so good. They've just got so many people in the attacking phases of play, causing overloads on opposition defences. Yeah. I do think you kind of need something. I haven't got anything yet. I so say my only Brighton's Louis really Dunk, and that's not a good player to have at the moment, I
1: don't think. So I th- I, th- I think for me, Matoma could potentially replace Cancelo in my starting lineup. Um in you know obviously different formation, but I'm I'm playing four or five at the back at the moment, depending on who's fit and who's not. So I think that's an option for people. If you're sick of Cancelo, you could download, download, downgrade Cancelo to um, maybe either a cheaper man city defender, which might be a rotation rear or down to somebody like Botman or Shah um, and then have Matoma starting. And then that, that might allow you, like for me, that would allow me to change like Martial to Darwin, for example. Um, so I think, yeah, something like a, a little restructure like that is on the cards because you can't there's no well for me there isn't. Um I've already got Front and Robertson. So for me there's no sideways move from Cancelo. Um so that's something that I'm thinking about as well. But do like him definitely. That is
0: the thing we didn't talk about it just now with Cancelo that he could if he does not start he probably gets on in most games for the one point. Mm. At least if you have Stones or a and they, they're benched for a rotation or a wrist or whatever it is, the reason they've been benched, they're unlikely to come on, I think. So it does give you more power to you if you've got a half decent first sub. And Andreas is a steady first sub, but as you say, he's not as explosive as a Matoma as a first sub. I, I would be that gutted, to be fair, if Stones was benched for an OK Man City game and like had Matoma coming on. Like, even this yeah. weekend, that could be it's, fun,
1: it's, it? Exactly, exactly that. So, yeah, if you've got Stones and Matoma as a pairing instead of Cancelo and Andreas that's potentially better anyway and you've got a bit of money for the, the rest of your team, haven't you? I'm,
0: I'm just weighing up McAllister. If he's going to be the focal point of this team, though, the way he's already just won the World Cup, they've got to want to keep him as long as possible. They've got to do anything to make him happy, I would think, uh, Brighton. If they're going to give him sort of some freedom oh, yeah. to number 10 and he's taking penalties So I don't know if that's confirmed, but there's no reason to suggest that he wouldn't be. Playing further forward and taking pens... Um, it's no bad thing. Quickly, while we're on Brighton, for Sky, um, mm. I'm guessing we haven't really got too many of these yet. I've got Dunk in that team as well. um, But I am going to get a Brighton midfielder this Saturday because the Villa lead single game day is... I've got um, Bubakar Kamara in my Sky team. Easy sell to... I think it's a good opportunity to get Brighton because they're quite there's not really a good opening to get them in because they always seem to play the first day of the game week. Yeah. Would you get? I'll take it McAllister's the better option in the sky just because of the, the, the different tiers. Where Matomo maybe is the better option in FPL, do you think?
1: Oh, definitely. I, I think McAllister's a bit of a no brainer in the sky, to be honest. He's coming in for me on Saturday. Um, I started with Jorginho as a kind of placeholder for him, which hasn't been brilliant, but it's uh, Fulham Chelsea on Thursday, isn't it? So, yeah. Jorginho, Jorginho will play that last game for me on Thursday. And then, like you say, because Brighton always play on a Saturday, um, that's why I started with a Chelsea player as a placeholder. So yeah, it will be Georgino to, Man- to McAllister on Saturday, definitely. You've been in an argument for more than one.
0: Like Casido, is he? I think he got passing tears in two games since the restart and tackling. He's obviously not got the same goal threat as some of the other ones here.
1: But... Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> like if you if you want. Um, like if you want Harlan Darwin and Kane up front, for example, then he's that you know, that's a good um a good way to maybe afford something like that, isn't it? Um depends what your structure is, but definitely um if you're if you've got a structure where you've got two or three enablers, then no reason why two of them can't be Brighton. Um yeah, McAllister and Clysado. If
0: we're looking for ways to make ground now, we need differentials. Maybe Brighton are that team because I'm guessing at the moment no one's really got any of them. So I've got Dunk, but I don't. I haven't seen many Brighton in many teams. So if you're in, a position, everyone's obviously the main priority at the moment is to get Man City players in. Or was before the the Chelsea game. Mm. Um, one, they help facilitate more Man City because they're, they're all quite cheap. And two, I say I think they're a bit underrated still for how many goals they score. I don't even know how much about is in Sky. I don't even know if he could possibly even be a striker in Sky. I've never looked. But even someone like him could be quite a big differential, I think. Probably would pick him as a striker, though. Um, so, yeah, mean, looked at all of that, I put three squads up on the screen. Now, these, I think a lot of people instantly think these squads are too strong. And as a result of that, we'll just be benching headaches every week. So that's obviously not ideal, but this is what you can afford now. Now all these are a little bit more than hundred million, but they all include players that are quite well owned that people have probably bought for cheaper. These are the prices on the screen are current prices. So Trippier at six million, I'm guessing most people have had him for a lot less than that. So that will probably save you the money. And Haaland's gone up quite a lot. I'm guessing most people have had him for cheaper than that as well. So those two might be enough to afford this team. But what? Yeah, one team. So Pope and Ward were in. Trippier, White, Stones, Ake and Diego Dallo, so it covers the Man United defence and I think he's the best option when all the Man United's defenders are fit. Obviously, he's not been fit since the World Cup, which is why he's maybe been forgotten about a little bit in comparison to Luke Shaw. But I think I'm going to you, Mike, because I think you were talking about getting Shaw in this week, but I, I, I probably favour Dallo for the, for the saving. That's certainly, quite a few years from coming back and certainly for this double, if he'll play both
1: um is awkward. Yeah, um, if he's if Dallow's fit, then he's um yeah, like you say, he's a saving and he's um he's another one that's a bit of a bonus monster, isn't he, Dallow? So he, yeah, I think I think that's just assessing it through the week. I think it's sure Shaw sure or Dallow, really. Um I, I probably will go for Dallow for the saving if um, if I'm confident that he's back.
0: That defence is maybe arguably a bit strong, Trippier, White Stones, Ake, Dallow. But say if one or two Man City defenders miss that, at least you've got really good coverage coming on. And I say you can still afford a midfield of Rashford, Odegaard, Saka, Salah, and Matoma. Um, Good luck benching one of those. It's got double Brighton this team, to be fair. Ferguson's up front with with Haaland and Darwin. So double Liverpool because their attack was so good. Um, So the obvious three benches probably are Dallow, Matoma, and Ferguson with Matoma in a nice spot as first sub if one of the Man City boys miss out. But I guess the issue with this is that there's loads of flexibility. Maybe you think about selling Darwin at some point and that may allow you to upgrade someone else. But a lot of these players do feel like longer-term holds. But if, if Reese James does come back, for example, you feel like you desperately need him. Selling Darwin and then upgrading one of your Man cities to, to James or something is feasible. Um, I suppose you could even lose Pope later in the season to free up some money if you really wanted to but that squad just seems outrageously good to me for the minute you've got Brighton who can't stop scoring you've got great coverage from Man City, Arsenal and Newcastle then you've still got two Man United players in who have probably got to finish fourth I think Danny Ward aside it's like the optimum squad isn't it? The, all the best teams you want at the moment and you can have that as a full squad and probably have a little bit left over so that that one is outrageous really you can afford that there's no no filler in there it doesn't feel like at least
1: yeah no it's it's pretty tasty and then um, yeah like you say then it's just navigating doubles and blanks and all that kind of thing isn't it but yeah maybe um, maybe that's the answer maybe the answer is to have like a squad like this in your mind that you're working like to and from all the time Rather than sort of going round in circles and chasing your tail a little bit, but. I think I'd like that. If you offered me
0: a squad now for, if you said he's a free wild card for this week now, obviously not solely taking into account fixtures because there's obviously some doubles and this squad doesn't really factor that in. But I'd be more than happy to own this squad now. Moving forward, I say the benching headaches every week would be a disaster. I think, but um yeah I love that squad the second one's a bit different it's got Kepa with Ward so obviously a bit more money in other places and it's got Rico Lewis and Botman in it so this defense is way cheaper so it's Trippier and Botman for Newcastle Stones and Lewis for Man City and White so good coverage if Lewis doesn't play um but this one allows Harry Kane up front so the midfield in this one is Rashford um with Odegaard, Salah, Matoma, and Almiron. So Almiron's in for Saka because we've got to put Enketia and Kane up front with Haaland. Um, again, nothing wrong with this team. It seems it feels like a 4-3-3 team, but in a different way, you still got similar benching headaches, right? You put it the bench with Tomer, Almiron and one of your defenders. If you're happy to mm. have Almiron on your bench every week. <laughs> it's still a bonkers team.
1: Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd almost be uh, hoping... You'd almost be hoping that the decision's taken out of your hand every week, wouldn't you? But And you've got a brilliant backup.
0: But It still covers all the bases of the right teams, shall we say. Uh, just mm. the one Brighton and it's facilitated Kane as well. Um, leave it up to the people to decide if they think that one's stronger than the first one. Um, horses for courses, I think. Um, I can certainly see the argument that that one would be stronger than the first one. I don't know if maybe the best use of your third Arsenal, but it's an option. As I do think he's too cheap until Jesus comes back. Um, and then the third one is largely the same. Uh, it's got Trippier, um, Stone Zacchey, White again, with Bueno this time, a, a clearer uh, bench option. <coughs> then this one's got Arth- Odegaard, Martinelli, Rashford, Salah, Matoma, and again, Haaland, Darwin, Mitrovic. So it's a bit like the first one, but Mitrovic instead of Ferguson. And to facilitate that, Bueno's in for Dalu, um, and Martinelli instead of Saka. But I'm sure you'd agree, all three of these look amazingly strong, and all the squads are really deep here. And yeah, it covers all the best teams, apart from Bueno, maybe for Wolves in the third one, who's Perma third sub. But this is what
1: you you basically could have. And, and even a- even. So I say, even I can easily afford the most expensive one, and my team value is rubbish. So as well, so <laughs> it could be it could be even stronger, but, but yeah. So. But no one's
0: set up with teams like this. I think all of us are still messing around with with random subs, and there's still certain players we haven't got. So none of these have got De Bruyne because none of them have all gone for double Man City defence, which at the moment I say could be a great differential but on the basis most people can't get one player Man City defender. If you can get two out. They are still the best mm-hmm. defence in the league, even if they are conceding more than the, the expected says they should. Um, So if, you, if you're looking to rank, home, I think there's worse ways to try and do it than getting double Man City defence in, especially if you get, say, two of the centre-backs. So if they're a bench, probably won't come on. And then you get your Matoma, whoever else. So you're just three squads there that you might, if you want a wild card this week without solely thinking about the double so I, I didn't have one doubler last week I don't think I've come out a bit too bad I don't know Mitrovic obviously scored but no Mitrovic no Pereira no Kepa I don't think he's done me too much on yet um, so I can see the same things happen this week if people are sort of taking hits to try and get Tottenham and Crystal Palace players in because they're doubling or a third man United I don't think it's guaranteed to to do well or maybe this sort of squad is still better than trying to cover sort of doubles that aren't actually that that good on paper
1: just a thought. You'd still have a decent amount of doublers. It's not like you haven't got any there, is it? But... So yeah, I suppose they've all got three Man yeah.
0: City, Man United in, haven't they? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, just just some thoughts around that. So if people are got a, a wild card, then some options there to to consider. A um, couple of questions to end with tonight. Um, FPL spaceman first is a talking point actually, Martin. As well, we can get on. Hey guys, okay. we have a dilemma. I seriously consider going rogue in triple cap, uh, triple captain in Rashford. Maybe bringing in Dallow in as well for Robertson. Thoughts appreciated. So you're in a similar position, I guess. You were thinking sure for Robertson, weren't you, rather than Dallow, but
1: Yes, but essentially the same move. Like I say, if um, if I'm as long as I'm happy that Dallow is definitely back, then I will do Dallow instead. Um because I think the saving is is you know it's fine. Um either of them's fine. Um Triple captain Rashford, I mean, it's, it's high risk, high reward, right? You know what you're getting into. Um Harlan's gonna be well over two hundred percent effective ownership this week, isn't he? Even you if you captain it? him. I think I am gonna do it. Um you know, it's it's not the two easiest fixtures, but you know, it's man it's Man City. Um he's fit, he's available. It's two big games that he's going to be bang up for. I mean, it'd be, that's that's a shit thing to say. I'll be, be up for any game, um, but um, that's, that's just a shit a cliche thing to say. I hate it when I say things like that. Like, <laughs> fuck you all about. Um, it's just you can't help yourself sometimes. Can you? <laughs> um, but yeah, but he, you know, he's fit. He's available. It's there in front of us. Who knows what will happen later on in the season? But. Um, you know, for me, this double's you know it, it it's as good as any double that will get later on. Um, when he may or may not be fit, they may or may not have other priorities for him, all that kind of thing. I'm just um, I'm just thinking because in the in the past, I'm guilty of holding things like triple captain just so in my own mind I can think, oh, it's all okay because I've still got my triple captain when I should have just bloody played it. Um, so I'm kind of thinking I don't want to feel like I've made that mistake again. Um, So I think my thought at the moment is that I'm going to do it. Um, But yeah, he's going to be well over 200% effective ownership this week. Even if you captain him, you're going to be wanting him to stick one in his own net and get sent off in the process, really. Um, So I think I might just do it.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty convinced I'm doing it. I think if you're going to get a Man City another double down the line, it's probably going to fall as part of a bigger double. And if you get a bigger double down the line, that's a better use of probably a a bench boost. Even this year, the way the FA Cup draw has gone, I think we've been guilty, or I've been guilty, or been forced really, I should say, for quite a few years now, it feels like to use my free hit to cover a blank week. Now, I don't feel like it's going to happen this year, that that might not be necessary. So I'd really like to play my free hit in a big double. Um, hmm. Well, we don't really get that chance very often. I certainly don't feel like I get the chance. I'm usually got to try and use mine to play in a week. Where I've got four players or something. And even if it's not for good teams, I still end up having to do it. So if we get a big double, that's probably where Man City might double again. And then do I, do I want to use my trip? Even if it's two good games for Man City, I think there's possibly a better use for one of the other chips in that week. I, yeah. I always like using a triple captain in a week, but it's not actually that many doubles because the other chips aren't actually that useful for it. Yeah. And and we've, we've got that this week. There's no Europe yet, so there's no reason why you shouldn't play both the games. And they're two defences. Well, Tottenham and Man United are two teams that don't really press very well, and they're the teams Man City tend to normally do quite well against. So, although in name terms, they're two big games, Tottenham and Man United, I think the way the, the structure of the matches will be should suit Man City. So yeah. I expect them to sort of dominate both the games, possession-wise. I think they'll probably score four or five goals across the double, men City. If you offered triple captain on Haaland now with three goals across the double and a couple of bonus points, you'd be content with that use of the chip, wouldn't you, I think?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a big ask to beat it then, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um... Yeah. yeah so, if, you, if you don't use it now, you're waiting you're
0: waiting down the line for Salah to get, I don't know, Nottingham Forest and Southampton or something, that's not guaranteed to happen. Yeah. And would you trust Salah anyway this season to do that? Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: you want to use and the chip ultimately on the best player in the league, and it's him, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And like I say, he's it's there in front of us, isn't it? He's fit and available, it's here. Um yeah, probably just get on with it, is my thinking.
0: Yeah, I'm in agreement and the other question from FPL Glasto, players I'm considering are Martial and Grealish, uh, not sure either will get the minutes um, Grealish oh I don't <laughs> uh, the thing with Grealish I think even if he played both games he could still only get four points because his attacking output isn't the highest is it well, up till now at least hasn't no. scored that many goals from NC. He might get the odd assist, but he's not up there with Foden and Mahres, who have got quite a high output when they get a run in the team.
1: No. Um Grealish um feels to me like he he, he kind of wants to assist the assister. I think it was it was it in the Chelsea game. I think um the commentary made a point that um it was um because he had a run, he had a run outside of him to actually deliver the ball to. And the commentator made a point that um he doesn't get that enough. Like he's he's always looking for that little that little pass inside, like for somebody to get on onto it on the touchline and then fire it across. Um so I feel but like he's, he's looking for an overlap or
0: underlap
1: and he's gonna roll that guy into then square yes. for the tapers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um so yeah I always feel like he's there's a danger of him assisting the assister um a lot um i'd rather mares is the is mares the same price i think i'd rather have mares if you're going to punt it yeah, but yeah i think he's the punt as well for this week I, I don't
0: know how man city are going to set up out wide um i say cancelo does have an impact on that as well because he plays in the attacking line not the defensive line so that will have a knock-on effect on others um I don't know who he will prefer. A phone in Grealish, Mariz, even Bernardo, who potentially playing as a, a wide forward, is not out of question either. Or even um, what's his name, Alvarez? He could even play off the right or something in one of the games. So yeah, I think if I, you've got to, at least if you punt Mariz, you, you could play twenty minutes in both games and still score. In both Grealish could play hundred and fifty minutes in both games and get nothing. So I think I'd rather punt Mariz if it was a punt. Martial, um, I don't know, I, I, I can't see myself getting a Man United player in now. I was lucky in the sense I got sure last week, so at least I got one of these holes, not the two that came before it. But if I was in a position now, they've played three good games, the next batch of four isn't good. Um, so their teams, Man United don't generally do well against teams that press them, and they've got leads coming up after Arsenal and Man United this week. I really don't see clean sheets in any of them three games. So there's another one in amongst it as well. I can't remember that's against. They make it a clean sheet in that, but defenders not ideal. I think if you if you're looking now and thinking, sure, Dallow or a Perma hole till the end, or at least until the wild card, because the data suggests Man United defence is good overall. I don't hate that, but it feels like you're you're chasing points that are gone by getting a Man United and just sort of hoping that because they've got a double that they'll deliver, but. Surely no one can foresee a clean sheet in a, Man- in a Man City derby. And the Palace mm. game was set a Wednesday night away, big travel, under floodlights. You've got a home team that are under a bit of pressure. Possibly a bit hostile, do you think? I'm not sure if that will suit Man-, Man United either. I think that would be a tricky game away to Palace on a Wednesday evening or whenever it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, that's fair. Yeah. Um... I'm. I've already got Martial, so I'm going to keep him. I was going to probably move him on this week, um. But yeah, since he's got a double, I'm going to keep him. I don't. I'm not sure if I'd buy him really. Um, if you've already got Rashford, but a lot of people have already got Rashford and Shaw. I think that's probably that's probably all right. Um, wouldn't be desperate to get the third one personally, but it's not. It's, I shouldn't sell him, should I? With a double, I think that's asking for. for, Yeah.
0: If you buy one in now as well, who's it causing you to bench? Yeah, I've already got a problem. History, I've got to bench one of Botman or Martinelli, which I don't particularly want to do. And I've only got two many United players. If I have three, Three. it's probably you probably got. If you're bringing one in, it's probably meaning you're benching someone that is actually not too bad to play. And so I don't think. I think the Man City game. You look at it not much more than the two-point ceiling, I don't think, for most of the players, if I'm being honest with you. you know, I'm, I'm sure that they will get. They may score. But I, I can't see a clean sheet. And I think the Man City clean sheet would also be sort of a higher than 50% probability, I think, in most, um, in most people's charts. So mm-hmm. realistically, you're looking at no clean sheet and no goals. So it's two points for everyone. Yeah. So you put a lot of pressure on that Crystal Palace game. And you're you playing a player then and possibly even benching someone who's got quite a good single because for a doubler who's actually not got that high a ceiling. So it's an awkward one, Man United. I, I don't think I'd be bringing anyone in unless I didn't have Rashford. If I didn't have Rashford, fair enough. But I think anyone else, I think is probably, you missed the boat in my eyes.
1: Um, the other part
0: of his question was for you, Martin. Anyone I should be targeting in Gaffer? I've not got my head around the fixture changes yet due to the cup results. I saw you tweet something today about
1: Loads of yeah. yeah, so <laughs> I think um, so. game week 29, so that's two game weeks away, um, is the same weekend as the FA Cup fourth round. So at the moment, there's only two games that are on <laughs> in game week 29. Um, one of them's Middlesbrough-Watford. I forget what the other one is. It's something fairly tragic that doesn't really help anyone, I think. Um, might Maybe Norwich. Maybe I'm in Norwich. Um so yeah, um so I think it's tricky. I think don't do anything until the replays have happened. Um and we know the whole story about Game Week 29. Um and then I mean you're gonna want to roll a transfer at some point ahead of that, whether it's this week or next week. But um taking a ton of chips around
0: to use, is there for that? Oh, you get
1: a well, constant stream of new chips. Yeah, potentially there are, but I think a, I think a lot of people, including myself, um, just accepted that game week 29 would probably be a bit of a shit show and um, used our boosts on the double game weeks that have already gone, um, which I think was fair enough to do. It probably has turned out a little bit worse than we maybe would have hoped for, but I think essentially we're all going to be in the same boat. I think what it does... The, the problem people have got is some people have held back a boost because Coventry was supposed to have a double game week and that's now not going to happen um, because they're one of the teams affected by a postponement. So that Coventry double game week is gone now. Um, so a bit unlucky if you were waiting for that. But yeah, it's, sit on your hands. I think Basto is the answer. Wait to see what comes out of the replays. Uh, wait until we've got a whole picture for game week 29. And then decide what week, whether you want to roll your transfer this week or next week, but you're inevitably gonna to wanna to roll it um, in one of those weeks so that you've got two free for that big blank.
0: In which case you're probably be getting two middle players in, would be my guess. So you might not have, yeah.
1: Giles, isn't it? My limited championship knowledge. Giles, yeah. Giles, uh Giles, you got um Tuber at Palm up front's doing very well. Um, they just bought Cameron Archer in, didn't they? As well, Did has that they, gone through? You really? See that? I'd think so. So that might be another option. Um, yeah, yeah you probably will, Yeah, you're probably going to be looking at Middlesbrough and Middlesbrough and Norwich players at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I think sit on your hands is the answer for the moment.
0: Cool. Uh, that is that. Sorry if any more late questions came in. I didn't see those in time uh nice one thank you martin hopefully darren's back next time to host because that was hard
1: work far harder work than i thought it was going to be um <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks uh yeah thanks for the effort there's like that's um yeah complete lack of preparation for me hadn't seen the slides before we came on you've done all the work this week so hopefully yeah, i right. liked it like life gets in the way yeah. for
0: all of us so we all have to follow away <laughs> weight so uh, yeah yeah like follow subscribe guys all the normal um the normal stuff um and hopefully we'll be back to normal as of next week. I think we'll try and get back to doing some FPL and separate Skypods when we're all kind of back into normal routines. Everyone's a bit out of whack, aren't
1: they, at the minute? A little bit, yeah. I might um, I might try and do something for Sky on Thursday, but um, if not, then definitely next week. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thanks,
0: everybody. Yeah, nice one. See you all soon. Bye, bye. Cheers.
1: Bye, bye.